In the wake of the global payments breach, more questions are cropping up about PCI compliance, breach response, and just how prevalent breaches of payments cards are. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Aviva Leighton, a fraud expert and distinguished analyst at Gartner, who was one of the first industry sources to comment on the global payments breach. Aviva, the breach of global payments came to light on Friday, but quite a bit of new information has surfaced since that time. What can you tell us about this breach based on the information we have so far? The information we have so far came officially from Global Payments this morning on a call they did with industry, press, and uh, other investment analysts. And they made a big point of saying that there was no merchant involved, no merchant system involved. So that is a little different than the information that others have been talking about, which is credible, that there was a New York City taxi company involved. So I don't know how those two link. The other big question, and there's a question, not an answer, was why did Global Payments wait until Friday to disclose their breach? Why did it have to come out this way if they self-reported it uh, a few weeks ago in early March? So, you know, it's uh, still a lot more questions, I think, than answers. Now, Aviva, that's a good point that you raise about the breach notification. Global Payments this morning on the call was adamant and kept reiterating the, the fact that it actually was the one that discovered the breach and notified MasterCard and Visa right away. You know, what obligation would a processor have to notify the public or just notifying the, the card networks? Is that enough? Yeah, I think that's the big question. There's not a lot of transparency here. Presumably under the rules of Visa and MasterCard, which I have not been given a copy of, and it's hard to get a copy of those rules, uh, the processors and other entities that do business with them are obligated to report compromises. But that does not mean they have to report it to the public. I think that the public disclosure is guided by state disclosure laws. So none of this would have probably come to light had it not been first reported in Krebs on Security. So it's unfortunate that that's the way it, it came about, and it's also unfortunate that it's not very clear what's going on. The language that was used by Global Payments is very different than language we've seen before. They talked about 1.5 million records exported, usually what you hear is how many were potentially compromised. So it's just different. Now I'd like to go back and talk about the link that you drew earlier, and that was the link to some of these transactions that were conducted with the New York City taxi company. Um, you know, I guess, what can you tell me about some of those transactions based on what you're hearing in the industry? And do you think that those transactions could possibly point to the breach of a different processor entirely? I really don't know, Tracy. I know that there was activity discovered that was linked to a New York City taxi company. It may not have been a very large breach, but there was definitely activity linked to that point of entry. Uh, it's also a fact that Global Payments does a lot of processing for taxis in New York. But I'm not sure how the two link together. I really wouldn't even want to guess at this point, and I never have wanted to guess. You know, what I was told about and what I've been hearing about, and I think it's common knowledge in the merchant and the processor community, was a breach in the New York area. 
Um, and then there's other reports about the global payment system. So uh, what's confirmed to be linked is what Visa put an alert out on. But the linkage with the New York City taxi company, I really don't know. Um, you know, and it's not my job to really find out. My job is to talk about the solutions to stop the fraud from happening. Yeah, and that's something else um, that was mentioned by some other sources is that the dates for some of these breaches didn't quite jive. But again, um, I guess until more information comes to light, we really can't connect all of the dots. Right. It's probably also difficult at this particular time to talk about exactly how the breach may have occurred, though Global Payments is still investigating some of this. But what does this breach tell us about PCI compliance or the lack thereof? Well, this is the third payment processor that's been PCI compliant and then breached. Uh, and so if you ask the card companies and the PCI council, they'll say, well, they weren't PCI compliant. They may have been PCI compliant at the time of the audit, but not at the time of the breach. So what this tells us is that either we have to have PCI compliance done every second of the day, maybe in an automated fashion, which is highly unlikely and impractical, or that the assessors just aren't catching everything, or that it really doesn't mean that much. You know, I'm not exactly sure, but all I know is this is the third largest, the third large payment processor to get breached at the time they were PCI compliant. So what we like to tell our clients is worry about security first and PCI compliance second because PCI compliance does not equal security. But security usually will make you PCI compliant. So what does this tell us, I guess, from a, a more positive perspective about some of the detection technologies that payments processors like Global Payments are investing in? Well, it sounds like they had an event management system that picked up the intrusion. It needs to go a step further to block it in, in its tracks. So some of the problems with the security monitoring systems is they're batch in nature. They collect events and logs from throughout the system. So that's good. They can detect a breach, but it would be better if they could detect it as it was occurring in real time. And the same thing happened, remember, with RSA security. They saw the breach of their secure ID system, but they were unable to block it in real time. And now with the advent of you know new big data computing techniques where you can calculate and massage data in memory at very high speeds with new open architectures like Hadoop, I think we will see a big advancement in security systems over the next few years where we can crunch that data in real time and block the bad guys from coming in, not letting them come in and then seeing, oh, you stole some data. Um, and I think that it's a matter of just the you know, computing power getting much more expansive and much more capable, and now we can do a lot more than we couldn't do a few years ago. So it's nice that they saw the breach. It would have been even better if they stopped it. And then before we close, Aviva, what advice can you offer to card-issuing institutions which are seeing fraudulent transactions hitting their account holders now? Well, most of the card-issuing institutions are very advanced picking out the fraud. Um, and so now we're, that they know where the point of compromise is, I would imagine Visa and MasterCard have given them a list of potentially compromised numbers. So I think they're in good shape. 
they can put those card numbers in their hot file and uh, have extra alerting or extra watching of those transactions. And they've already got the fraud detection and prevention systems in place. So the card issuing banks are in good shape. The people that aren't in good shape are the retailers, the online retailers, because they don't get access to that information on which cards were compromised but they still have to look for fraud in the case of e-commerce and card not present transactions. So it would be uh, good for them if they could get a list of those compromised numbers also. Aviva, I want to thank you again for your time today. Yeah, thank you, Tracy. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Again, we just heard from Aviva Lighton of Gartner. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.